0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Let's dive in. I am your host, Ryan Laudermilk. I've been at Microsoft for over a decade. My most recent focus is OKR software and methodologies. Joining Joining me again is the founder, the chairman of There Be Giants, the OKR firm out of Manchester. Roger, welcome back.
1: Hey, Ryan. Good to be back.
0: All right. So the last time we talked, we talked about... Again, scaling the OKR program, this is the idea that you've got to sort of start start from the beginning. Where do we get started? And we said, hey, a T-pilot, which I love, which was absolute gold the last time we talked, a T-pilot could be the way to go. And that is this idea that at the top of your T is your C-suite, your executive buy-in, your executive sponsor. You got to have that. If you don't have the top of the T, keep working until you have it. And then that stem, that that downward pr- trajectory of that T is, and I love what you said here, is really an opportunity, a challenge, something that the company is trying to solve. Yeah. It could be ambitious. Ideally, it's ambitious. Yeah. And what I loved about this was that it pulled from resources throughout the company to say, hey, we're going to go after this opportunity, this challenge together and that's your T-Pilot. That's where we left it off. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that T-Pilot being successful. What, first of all, let's just real quick, when we think about a T-Pilot being successful, what are some durations of this? Three, six, months. what are you thinking there first?
1: Well, I think within the first cycle, which typically would be three months, um, you, you've got a good sense as to how, how well it's it's going. Uh, you know the sort of uh, signs of early success, the green shoots, if you will, that we we look for are our, um, our check ins happening. Uh, our, uh, are the team getting value from them? Are um, updates coming through? Um, how valuable are, uh, is the C suite finding those updates in terms of them a having confidence that things are on track, and then b kind Of helping them to start thinking in advance of uh the next you know next three month period and what the priorities might need to be uh over over that period, so there are and I mean, obviously, it goes without saying you want to see the key results themselves progress, but that's kind of a given, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are that whilst, whilst it's in flight, that's what we would like to see. I think when it gets to the end of that period, what we'd also like to see, but you can't see until you get to the end, is evidence of <clears throat> uh, uh, reflection, evidence of reflective practice. So, you know, good solid retrospectives uh, with some good learning points and, and adaptations as a result of those learning points, which are going to play forward into the next cycle. We'd want to be seeing evidence of that as well.
0: Yeah. So we've gotten to the end of our cycle. I love this by the way, three months. That's usually what we use as well. 12 weeks focus for us. One of the superpowers, right? Uh, The four superpowers of OKR focus, alignment, tracking and stretching. So focus. What does it mean? 12 weeks that intense focus. When you get to the end of that 12 weeks, Reflect and reset, mm-hmm. right? Reflect and reset. There's an article up. Um, if you go to the the little OKR newsletter and you look for tips for a good reflect and reset, you'll find some some uh, tips there. But it's really taking that time to look back on that 12 weeks and saying, what did we learn? What did we learn? what is our final score? How did we How did we go? Did we, did we give ourselves a zero? We failed. Did we give ourselves a one? We succeeded. Of course, decimal points are supported, but they're a little less interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then learnings and leadership truth. You'll see that article. Head over to the newsletter to check that out. So now that they've reflected, I'm really interested because you've got a ton of experience here. Um, is three months enough for the C-suite to say, hey, this has been successful, or do you normally see, hey, we've got some momentum here, let's go to the next cycle. What What do you more see? Uh, go to the next cycle or let's scale this out?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Now, I've yet to meet a C-suite, that a team that isn't chomping at the bit, isn't ambitious, isn't wanting to push forward as quickly as possible. And usually, y- we're having to rein them in to get them to agree to just doing the T to start off with. So... <laughs> there's an expectation that mm-hmm. it could be spread out across the organization as as, as quickly as possible. So usually uh, when it gets to the second quarter, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky because, you know, you haven't got any any time really between the quarters. And can you legitimately say that you've learned all the lessons uh, before you get to the end of the quarter, or do you have to get to the end of the quarter to learn the lessons And then kind of digest those and work out what, if anything, you're going to do differently when you push it out a bit further. Because there will be things that you'll want to tweak and change and so on. So this is where it actually um, is worth perhaps taking a pause of a few weeks to take a a longer period than you would normally have to reflect and reset um, to really capture those learning points decide how things are going to work as you go to phase two. And phase two is where I would expect that that leg of the T to start to broaden out. It might not actually cover... Uh, and again, bear in mind, we're thinking about challenges here, as you correctly said at the beginning, we're not thinking about functions. Um, but what I would expect to see is uh, more of the strategic priorities, which obviously are setting challenges for the organization, more of those come into scope. And you go through the same process which you went through as you start started with that very first sort of pilot challenge, if you will, that you were working with, um, to say, right, what is it we need to do over the next three months? Who needs to come and sit around the table to help build the OKR and then take it forward? Um, and you start to bring more into scope so, yeah. Ideally, what I would say is you kind of build it up, and mm-hmm. if you've got perhaps four priorities, you know, for the second phase, you bring in another one, and then the third phase, you perhaps bring in the uh, uh, the, the remaining two. Um, in reality, most C suites would want to bring in, you know, all of them into scope from from the second second cycle onwards. You have to you have to work with that sometimes. You have to work with that sometimes, but it's it, it, you know it, it, it still works. It still works. You've just got to be prepared for it to be a bit lumpy.
0: Yeah it, it it's one of these it's one of these questions where it's a it really depends. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it really depends on the company, the culture, how quick they're able mm-hmm. to innovate, how organized they are. So we've got this T pilot that has been successful. We need to scale it. Um, let's continue. Perhaps maybe the opportunity um, involved, maybe there's 12 organizations in this company. Maybe there's about 5,000 people, right? And they chose a a T pilot that perhaps maybe brought in three of those organizations of the 12, right? They went after it. They saw some some success. Uh, They probably chose one bad KR. That always happens, right? Where they chose a KR that didn't move the needle. And so they'll want to reflect on that and tighten it. But I think as we look to scale, this one way could be we've brought in three organizations of the 12. Let's bring in six more. Mm. Let's bring in four more. Right. So maybe we don't bring in everybody to your point, but it's that next level to say, okay, we've tackled one opportunity, one challenge. Now let's tackle three. Yeah. Right. Let's let's add let's add three more for a total of four. Uh, four T's, if you will. I mean, maybe this could still be a pilot, as it were, to say, "Hey, these are now four yeah. new challenges that we're trying to go after." Now we've got, you know, now we've got uh, nine of the twelve organizations. Let's go for another twelve weeks. I mean, that could be a possibility.
1: Absolutely, and you make a really good point about you know looking at the different stru- you know considering a different structure. I must admit, when I w- when I was talking about it, I was thinking about a single organization, but you know, if you've got a group of uh uh, 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 of businesses that come under a corporate structure, then, then yes, you know, the T may look like, you know, <laughs> c suite that sits at the top of the corporate structure. Um, and the, the, the leg of the T might, as you say, be one of the, um, one of the businesses within that, within that, uh, that group. So yes, there is, <laughs> there is a depends, uh, around this but i think the principle still still stands um that it it's it, it, in in my experience it's it's there's a huge amount of value to not jumping in and going big bang right from the word go unless you're a fairly small organisation of you know 100 or so people You can, uh, the capacity to absorb change is quite quick, is quite, is quite, uh, is quite, um, is a lot stronger in organizations of that size than one, you know, with 5,000, as you were just uh, suggesting there.
0: Yeah, that's spot on because what we see from the literature um, is that for startups, I mean, let's just flip this on its head for just a moment, many startups, perhaps don't do a great job and admittedly like startups will tell this to tell you this about themselves is that they don't do a great job of sort of picking five things to focus on for 12 weeks right and that's because it's hard many of these people in this in these startups are wearing multiple hats and they've got to choose so if you're a startup and you're listening to this podcast now okr's could help out um, emphatically because this now makes your team say, hey, we've only got 12 weeks. We need to choose, you know, five things. What is everybody going to do? Now you choose three things of those and, and make sure that they're aligned. So now at this point, um, this is what I wanted to kind of maybe drill in today on. And then perhaps we'll, um, in part three, our final part, we'll talk about sort of how do we exit, right? When we've had success and we want to see uh, this organization walk on its own, right? Crawl, mm-hmm. walk, and, and perhaps even run on its own. But now that we've got a successful T in that first 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and now we've talked about maybe adding three more T's, right? So now we've got a four, a total of four T's maybe nine of the 12 organizations are involved now at this point. That's a lot of people. That's yeah. a lot of people. I mean, admittedly what we're the, the the example we're giving may be bigger than most people who are companies that are people that are listening to this pod, but you and I find ourselves, this is the area that we play in, which is, you know, around 5,000, 10,000, um, even some cases, 50,000. Now that we've got this many orgs in place, one coach is not going to cut it, no, right? I mean, no. this. So now we need to think about. and I want to talk a little bit about sort of how do we think about the OKR coaching scaling? You know, scaling that. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, that's a great question. So there's a, uh, there's, and unashamedly, I think I think agile has has um, sort of shown the way. In, in this respect, in terms of there being a number of uh, clear roles and, uh, in some respects, qualifications that relate to those roles like Scrum Master and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that has shown the way forward in many respects. And in terms of building up that level of, of competence and knowledge and expertise and skill in the organisation, yes, you do definitely have to train up coaches do you need coaches? You know, do all those coaches need to be to the same level of of skill and expertise? Uh, no, we actually make a distinction between coach and master. Master tends to be uh, the those that will actually lead the OKR program, so effectively the program manager. And then you've got OKR coaches, and then we also have um, uh, the training for both of those is is a combination of uh, e-learning and uh, face-to-face or video based training um, which can be done over over a condensed period or or, or drip fed at the rate of a few hours a week over a period of you know 14 15 weeks but the point is it leads it it, 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 it takes the uh, the participants through um, a, a competency model that builds up their level of skill, not just in the in, in relation to OKRs themselves, but also in relation to the, the the softer skills, the people skills, the organizational skills which are needed to to really help uh, both implement and run OKRs uh, to, to 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 great effect. Uh, and then they actually have to sit an exam at the end of it. <laughs> um, you know, which brings a degree of credibility to it an authentic uh, you know uh, it, it's it's externally validated by a um a a a, a professional um management uh, association here in the uk so um yeah but then beneath that and this 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 is where you can uh push the 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 training out to a, a, a wider or certainly the the knowledge and a degree of basic practice perhaps practice that would be sufficient for a team leader if you will um we have that we we've got any learning package that can do that and that helps to kind of spread the word uh, and cover a lot more ground without it being quite so labor intensive and quite so costly to be honest um so long answer to a very simple question from you um yeah. In summary, you don't need to have. Yes, you need to have as many people trained in in OKRs as possible, but they don't all need to be to a to to, to exactly the same level of of knowledge and capability. I like it. So, uh, want to
0: unpack what you just said there. First of all, pure gold for those of us uh, that are listening to this episode. That was just absolutely fantastic. I think you know when we look back at our first initial T pilot, we have just sort of one coach. Right? One head coach, yeah, and that head coach is playing the role of head coach, assistant coach, and team lead. I mean, that individual is playing all three of those roles for that T pilot. We've got, you know, maybe three organizations involved in that T pilot. Now we get to the end of that 12 weeks, things are going successful. We decide to add six more organizations for a total of nine organizations. At that point, that head OKR coach can't really scale. Now we need to coach up assistant coaches, mm. folks that are, again, and I love this, that There Be Giants, by the way, provides this e-learning, unless um, Roger not mentioned that, but the 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 certification. So they go through the process. And I love what you said here. It's not just the hard technical skills of the framework. It's the soft skills. What does it mean to coach people? Because in a lot of ways, a lot of this is performance coaching, mm. right? What does it mean to 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 become an assistant OKR coach to be able to come alongside those folks and coach them so they can they could go to their be giant sign up for that go through the e-learning um, go through the test the exam to certify themselves and then at the team lead level right below that uh, maybe there's some e-learning some light e-learning maybe without a certification is, that they yeah. can do just to keep themselves so that that's fantastic i want to go back and talk about two things, and sorry to throw you a curveball here. In that initial T pilot, where we've got three organizations, again, we've got sort of that head OKR coach playing all three roles of assistant and team lead. What does a a day-to-day look like, a week-to-week look like for that first 12 weeks? What is that coach doing?
1: Really good question. Um, (sighs) And... First of all, it's not a consistent amount of work throughout that quarter. You know, there's a a, a real spike um, around the start of the quarter uh, to make sure that people, well, first of all, get things locked and loaded and and live. Uh, Secondly, to make sure that the teams have kind of kicked off their cadence. And then uh, as you move through the mid part of the quarter, uh, it's about going and sitting with the teams who are doing the check-ins to make sure that you know they 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 they're using that time as effectively as possible keeping it focused not not turning it into a talking shop which robs people unnecessarily of time and so on and so forth so um and also looking at the quality of the data that's being captured on the system and perhaps giving some coaching around that if needs be as well and then the, the workload then starts to increase as we get to the end of the quarter um uh, in in relation to that first quarter if it is if they are doing a t pilot um, they might not necessarily be starting to think as much about the following quarter just yet okay because they're going to give themselves let's let's assume they're going to give themselves a bit of breathing space to 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 decompress debrief and and realign when they're up and running at full steam what I would expect the coach to be doing in that final sort of week minus one, week minus two, week minus three, is to be working with uh, leadership to help them understand where they predict the quarter will finish because they're working off, remember, that for, for key results, you've not just got progress data, you've got confidence data as well and that's super valuable because that gives you um, a, a good steer on where you can you know on predicting the finish for the quarter and if you um, with that data you can start to take an educated guess as to what the what the areas of focus should be for the following quarter and therefore can actually start to shape some okrs some draft okrs in preparation so that when you get to the start of the next quarter it's not uh, a case of, oh, right, okay, we've got to start putting them together and therefore you end up burning through, you know, two, three, four weeks before you're even live again. Um, so, you know, it, it it kind of, it spikes at the beginning, it trails off a bit through uh, through the middle, and then towards the end, it it peaks again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what you find yourself doing, and I love what you said there, and I think listeners may have missed it, you probably need to be as a coach in that initial T pilot meeting each week Mm -hmm. with every team Mm -hmm. and, 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 and encouraging them to not spend a ton of time meeting, talking about the OKRs. I know for us internally, uh, we have what are called um mid or uh, midline check-ins midline check-ins uh, that's because in viva goals viva goals provides um as you're moving through that 12 week cycle viva goals will provide a midline it'll basically put a line in to tell you where you should be at at this given time and space in order to hit your goal. And so what they'll do is let's say they're shooting for 10 things in 12 weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got, um, you know, right now they're in week two and they still have zero. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. At some point, Viva goals is going to show that midline and go, well, you're technically supposed to be already at one. Mm-hmm. And so what we encourage our teams to do is to meet for 15 minutes mm-hmm. each week. Really. I mean, it's to your point, it gets back to this agile, like, like, when we used to do stand-ups, we, by the way, they used to be called stand-ups because we actually stood up for some reason. We have, we have, we're, we're doing stand-ups now and we're sitting, but anyway, I, I digress. But, but it's really the meeting for 15 minutes to say, Hey, what are we doing this week to push this thing forward? And I think you alluded to that. Yeah. It's, it's really that coach teaching them, Hey, you need to meet and make sure that you're getting your check-ins done.
1: Yeah, very much so. And this is about, you know, if you, if you want to dig into the, what does a good check-in look like? It's about, making sure that updates are done in advance on the system and then you can run that check in from the system nobody needs to produce a you know an agenda or a set of slides or anything like that no it's about running it from the system and it's about zeroing in on first of all the things that are showing uh, low confidence low progress then perhaps ones that are showing um, high confidence and low progress uh, and then perhaps celebrating successes. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go through and discuss every single one. If something's green and is showing good progress and good confidence, don't, don't waste your time on it. You know, yeah, okay, maybe recognize some, some great, some great results around it, but don't dig into it. You know, allocate the time, use it in a focused way.
0: Yeah, gosh, that's so good. Again, that's gold. If you're not hearing what Roger's saying, skip the greens, talk about the yellows and reds. That's what we talk about internally as well. I mean, here's the thing. Let's be honest. Many of us are in meetings and you're not listening, right? You're busy shopping, um, thinking about where you're going on vacation. (laughs) Like we all know, we're all doing it. Right, and that's why we say, "Hey, fifteen minutes. Skip the greens. Talk about the yellows and reds. Let's lean in." Yeah, and so that's what you'll see that coach doing in sort of that valley that you talked about. Right? It's really you kind of get started at the top of the mountain. You go through that valley, and then you're going to make that climb yeah. again yeah. when we start to reflect. And
1: and you see the thing is, when people come to meetings, especially something that's called a check-in like like that, it's it, it, the thing is that we've we've often been preconditioned. To turn up with a whole list of actions that we've done to prove that we've been busy mm. it's not about that it's not Mm-mm. about that and that that is something that has to be nipped in the bud straight away and it's and the coach's job is to uh, educate the teams uh, around the difference between managing against outcomes and not just not managing against activity uh, and and this is where the teams need to kind of have that shift in mindset so that they can identify it from themselves because the other thing to mention is it's not the coach's job to be there to run the check-ins it's the team's job to do that
0: yeah yeah, I, I quickly exit stage. To be quite frank, um, I, I will I will show up for like the first one or two, and and, and not to be cheeky. Like the re- to your point, the reason I show up is because I want to show the cadence. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly want to I want to sort of you know display this and say, hey, demonstrate like this is the cadence. It's it's again, we skip the greens, we move through the yellows and reds, rip, rip, rip. Mm-hmm. Good, boom, done. Like you know, the, to your point, there are no slides. We're mm-hmm. in, we're in Viva Goals talking about it and then moving on. Yeah. Okay, so now this T pilot again, the first twelve weeks was successful. That's what we're talking about, and now we move into the next iteration. Now we're going to be adding, you know, three more T's for a total of four T's, and we need to start scaling. I want to talk about two things, and then we'll probably end for today. That head coach, mm-hmm. you know, again, that that individual is playing all three roles. The move to head coach, what do you see there? Do they hang out more at the C-suite or not? And then I want to talk about these assistant coaches, those that, that took the time to do the e-learning from Derby Giants, get the certification. What do their daily lives look like? Perhaps a little bit of what you see there.
1: Okay, so the head the head coach or coaches, they tend to be the ones that, if you think of this in terms of a community a practice that you're building up, uh, in the organization they tend to be the ones that lead that so they will be the ones that yes will be the conduit between the coaches and the c-suite predominantly you know you'll have a um a sponsor on in the c-suite so that's your you, you know your main point of contact for uh, liaising with them and then uh, they are the ones that own the the governance that own the resources that own the the schedule uh if you will for the uh for the quarter because that is it's important to 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 have that set before you start the quarter, because you know quarters don't nice are not nice and neat in where they start and finish at the beginning and end of weeks and so on. So, you know, you have to have the key dates like this is the date we go live. This is the date on which we, you know, have to start planning for the next quarter. This is the date on which we are uh, closing the quarter. All those kind kinds of things. Um, so that's what the head. Uh, or or sometimes we see that there's a couple of heads in a, in, in a community of practice so that the um uh the, the responsibility is shared as by the way it's very rare that we ever come across people who who can um uh do these um roles full time usually mm-hmm. they have to balance that with you know another job often it's agile coaches actually. Agile mm-hmm. coach is really, yeah. really good, really good skill set. That makes them um, that really complementary skill set. So, um, and then the uh, the other coaches are the ones that, if you will, are pretty much out on the ground. They're the ones okay. that are out in the uh, out, out in you know they're closer to the teams who are working on. Uh, uh on progressing the, co- the the okrs so they will be deployed in perhaps, perhaps in the uh, in, in in country in in division in uh, a, a particular function and they'll be there as not subject matter experts, but on experts on the process. And that's the coaching element of this. You know, mm. to be a good OKR coach, you don't have to, you know, if if you're an OKR coach who's supporting a team that are working on something predominantly technical, you don't that's fine. You don't have to be a technical expert. You know the process of working with OKRs. And that's that's what you bring to the table. Um, and sometimes that takes a bit of getting used to for, for okay, coaches. It, It it's the coaches challenge the world over. You know, do you, do you have the confidence to work with someone where you are not actually an expert in, in, in what they do, so to speak. And, and, you know, good coaches can do that and do do that many, many, many times over. So yeah, that, that's, that's the main difference. I wouldn't really expect the, um, the head coach or the head coaches uh, to be as hands-on with the teams after a period of time. They will be in the early stages, but after a period of time, they'll be more in a, co- in a coordinating and leadership role, um, whereas the, yeah, like the supportive coaches will be the ones that are out on the ground and in with the teams.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And so now that what we're seeing is we've got you know nine organizations, maybe we've got four assistant coaches, maybe one or two head coaches, A team of six coaches that are inside this organization, teaching the organization what OKRs are about, Mm -hmm. the spirit of it, the methodologies, and then, of course, the software, the Mm -hmm. the technical pieces as well. We run for another 12 weeks and and here it comes. Now we're going to have to reflect with nine organizations. All of that's going to be orchestrated by the head coach, at least the schedule, the cadence, etc. But again, those assistant coaches, now we're ramped up. We're coming out of that valley. Everybody get their reflex in. Let's reflect upon it. And that's basically what we see um, day in and day out. like that's what we're seeing at Microsoft when we scale. we We do kind of what you've you've coined a T-shaped pilot. Let's go after this. let's add more organizations. That's where I find myself right now. Let's add more organizations to this. But the principles don't change. Mm-hmm. They, they, it's just really about scaling it out. Hopefully, as you've listened to this pod and and listened to Roger's experience. We've kind of laid out a blueprint for you, right? The way to start this out is to, again, start with a T-shaped pilot. You're going to need maybe one OKR coach for that. Uh, You'll have maybe two, maybe one, two, three organizations involved there. You've got an executive sponsor. Do that for 12 weeks. Then the next thing is scale this out. Take on some more T-shaped pilots where you're taking on opportunities, but you're going to need more coaches. You're going to need folks to help out. Next, when we get together, Roger, I want to talk about... Success has been done. This organization now has all 12 organizations rocking and rolling. They've got assistant coaches spread everywhere. But sort of how do you look to make an exit, right? I mean, that is kind of the most exciting thing about a coach. We don't talk about it often, which is this idea of like, you kind of look around and you go, hey, I'm trying to work myself out of this equation. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the beginning. It's almost kind of like being a parent. It's like, I don't necessarily want to, you know, hold your hand the entire time, go out and, and flourish. I think we'll talk about that next when we get together, if that's all right by you.
1: Absolutely. It's about building independency, not dependency
0: oh I love that well listen you can spend your time however you like Roger and I um really thank you for spending a little bit of it with us and Roger and I will see you next time if you'd like more of this content again go over to the little okrnewsletter.com you can find the newsletter there and subscribe and find this podcast Roger thank you so much for your time once my again.
1: pleasure my pleasure thanks Ryan